Bewaliam si wyth ioltach yr gys y chlair sio, siach lai. Siach robot y carslach mish, I'm Bob Coswell, and I'd like to welcome you to this program, Siach Lai. In Siach Lai this time, on Siach Lai y chyrt sio, Llorn, Llorn, as Tullio Llorn. Books, books, and more books. This time we hear from David Callan about his book of poetry, Always and from Sarah Goodwins and George Hobbs of Locht and Books about Peel, Past and Present. Ega tre ton tabi forrad jyn uchin de sagilg, jyn llor er huachen llorish Kenneth Graham, The Wind in the Willows, a gier ons na shelly. Ta cunion em mer llai yn llor, blint yn edrych hennes, ffyddi yn llor golel llai mach, ffyddi llorys ffyrinsi, mae'r rhawi mwyr na mwyr. Ys fam i goed soel y mwyrgi. Ac nes tam i chytarasgi dy un o chyndes y gilg, tam i ffagyn dy fel Kenneth Graham sgriw e o'n sach begyn gwrs thysorus, te greu rydynach jyn o ymyd e unfar enym, Eis ta altelia cwrdd yn rei, ys ti chyter yn rhyd sian o'ch jynawymig e mar en ymelia, ys eis altelia ys na cyrton ta cer na cweg mar en mynd chyt ons altelia er altelia. As ons ffyrnius te doli na cyrton smulion er achten dy ynw sian sychilg, er no na rau chwist o'r ffogl rhaeddyn ons y faibl ys ond sian llornelia ta jynwysws yn corpus, as ons ffogl yr yn Cregynus Kelly, as fyr y gedyn ond ffoglu'r yn jyntje gweilig na heran, na jy galig na halibau. Ni ais yn y zolio, smael iam e, corre ber feddyn achtyn, dy chrogl sws echter yn dy far enmyn sychilg, sy'n achfyd jynt e cynnydd greim sy fyr legysyn, ys ais yn na halbyn achnys as dwneidyn. The island has, over the course of many years, been very well served by those who've written verses about the island and about island life. We might perhaps go all the way back to Bishop Samuel Rutter, whose lively and colourful poems or songs written here in the island in the 1640s were also translated into Manx at some point, though we don't actually know by whom. Here in Chachlet, we've often heard about the ongoing activities of the Isle of Man Poetry Society, and we've heard particularly about the Manx Bard Initiative. A recent publication brings together some of the poetry of David Callan and he told me about his collection, which appears under the title, Always. It's just in the miscellany, really. Um, it's all kinds of poems I put together over a certain period of time. I mean, I've always dabbled in poetry a bit. I've read it for a long time. But until the internet came along, there was no real interaction with other people who wrote poetry. So about 2006, I started posting on a poetry board online, got responses to that, responded to other people's poems. So 2006 was kind of my starting point of actually generating something that was talked about with other people. And then 2010, this is 2006 to 2010, which was actually, turned out to be a particular period in my life. And 2010 seemed a good point to stop at that point. And um, that is, this is the, my favourite poems from that period. Mm. Um, and so it's kind of, I've, it's not 
a thematic thing. It's not like Tales from Tropographicos, not a concept album. It's more like kind of a Kelly Telm um, greatest hits thing, mm. if they are hits, mm. and if they are great. But there are obvious themes that run through the poems that are in the collection, aren't there? Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's like a, when a band makes an album, their first album is the songs they've been practising for ages, it all splurts out onto the record. And obviously what splurted out with me getting these poems down was family, the Isle of Man, um, that's essentially it. Plus other bits and bobs about music and theatre, more, not theatre, cinema, um, and things that I've read and general interest things. But essentially it's the island and family. And what was it about these particular subjects that made you want to express it through a poem rather than perhaps, well, as you mentioned, through music or through prose? I've always quite liked poetry, putting something together in kind of a a short, sharp shot rather than having a, a you know, prose. My prose is pretty boring, I think, um, or a bit sort of facetious. I try to keep the facetiousness to a minimum in the poems because poetry makes you do that. It's go for the shorter it is, the better. I like to get into a poem and get out as soon as I can, rather than linger for too long. And do you have a, a modus operandi when you think of a subject? Well, how does a th- subject occur to you? What's the process by which you decide that you're going to write a poem? I don't know. Some, something just coheres in the mind and and then doesn't go any further. I've got lots of notebooks full of stillborn ideas for poems, but sometimes you get something and you get a tug and it brings you on to... It becomes a fruition, and then you think, yeah, that's that'll do, that's okay. You know quite soon if it's a dead end, then you stop that dead end. So I've got lots of dead ends, but some have come out okay, I think. Mm. You've mentioned the internet before, but at the back of the book, you've also got a list of publications that you've contributed some of your poems to. So how widely have these been dispersed so far? A lot of them, I mean, a lot of them are online. Um, and there probably is a limit. There's a limited number of people who read poetry, and probably an equal number. Not many people who read poetry who don't write poetry. I think. I mean, this sort of thing is a. It's almost a. It's a participator sport. Um, but yeah, there's there's quite a few places I've been published. Um, none of the great names at all, but some very respectable publications. Mm. And uh, I've made a lot of friends online through this. Mm. What do you think it is about a poem itself then, a poem that draws you to try to express your emotions or your thoughts through through that? Yeah, it's, I don't know, it's it, it, expressing your emotions, it can turn into kind of a diary entry. It's got to be something that's, it's got to read easily and it's got to have a bit of wit and ideally humour in there. Not always, but you, you have to make it feel... People have to feel it was worth their time reading it. There's lots of other things to do than reading poems in your life. So you need to feel as though that time wasn't misspent. And so there needs to be something in there for the reader um, that you feel, yeah, they hopefully they'll enjoy this. Is there a sense in which you found writing these poems, to what extent do you, th- you feel that there is a catharsis in what you do or, or perhaps a therapeutic value almost? Yes. In, in yeah, there, there is a... Uh, both a cathartic and therapeutic effect, um, but it's not entirely self-help. It is you. You. It's a performance thing. You, no matter what you're writing about, you're writing it for other people, not just yourself. Um, but often you find you've written for yourself, and it's very pleasing to get to the end of a poem and think, "Well, 
that is pretty much what I think about that or what I felt about that. Um, it doesn't always happen, but when it does, it's, it's, it's a good feeling. And that's when putting this together, I went through all my poems from 2006 to 2010, and I felt as though, okay, these are quite good, I quite like these. And the publishers decided, well, they, they didn't say, take some of those out. Um, so they left them all in. Mm. But it's, that, that's, that's, where, that's up to 2010 anyway. Mm. Now you mentioned performance there. Uh, you've taken to performing at occasional poetry slams as well. How, how do you find that? Yeah, <laughs> not, not, not slams. Are, uh, slams are competitive things, oh, I think, aren't they, in right, a way? Yeah. Yeah, so, um, but um, Hazel Cheer had a great little group going at the Bath and Bottle, mm. uh, which I came into quite late. Uh, but then, then the bath and bottle closed and so Hazel then, and then lockdown came along but Hazel has been trying to find a home for that again since then um, so hopefully that will start up again and that was the first time I'd really performed my poem I say perform my poem some are really good performers I'm much, very much a head down read outer mm. but uh, not a great performer the collection is called Always and that's the title of one of your poems perhaps you could read that one for us okay yeah my father sang always, as though he was handling something delicate, something his large hard hands, agricultural, might easily break. So he sang gently, wooing the song politely out of its walled shell. His pitch was imperfect, his ear was fallible, his tenor less than certain, and sometimes his tune skittered like an ungainly beast on too smooth a surface. But he sang on, holding that tune so carefully, a humdrum melody, something like a psalm, an efflorescence of the working day. The song always was a 1925 Irving Berlin it was, number. It was. Yes. So, do you know where your father? Why it was uh, so important to your father to no, the song he, he sang? Picked up, he picked up loads of things. I, I mean, I remember him singing uh, that going about the place. He used to sing. Uh, he used to come and sing to my sister and, and I when we shared the same bedroom on the Nab Farm when we were very young. And he had a sort of repertoire of things like keep right on to the end of the road, uh, march, 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 the boys are marching. Mm. And one I've never heard since called uh, Buffalo Bill's Farewell. It went <laughs> goodbye, Buffalo Bill, goodbye, goodbye, Buffalo Hill, goodbye. And then mm. Buffalo Hill, uh, Bill, goodbye. Uh, the boys were all gathered all around him. It was a very old-fashioned musical song uh, that I've never heard since. Mm. I wonder whether perhaps it had been a role you used to have a, a player piano that uh, it m might have been amongst the pieces. I, I don't think it was on the pianola. It was one of our great regrets that when Dad sold the farm, the pianola was put in storage in the barn. And later on, we went back and the pianola was gone. And uh, I remember great fun at family parties up there. And um, yes, the, it just it played itself, a remarkable thing, the pianola. And amongst the poems, there's a, a longer piece consisting of several pieces, I suppose, put, uh, together, remembering Rosemary, your sister. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I'm in two minds about that. Those were poems I wrote at the time when she was going through her illness, and I still wonder whether I ought to have published them at all. Um, they're very personal things but I had shared them within small groups and there'd been a positive response people didn't say you're exploiting the memory of your sister which is the dark side of my fear about it um, so they're in there for better or worse one of my oldest friends who lives in Ireland now I sent him the book and he said I really like it but he knew Rose from you know, school days and he did say I felt a bit like a voyeur 
reading those poems about Rosemary. Mm. Um, and that is my fear that it would appear like that. But they're in there now. I think on balance, hopefully, it doesn't feel like that. Or people who knew her will feel closer to them than other people. Um, as poems, if I can say that, I'm, I'm happy with them. But um, that, that was a way of coping with the very little I had to go through when she was going through what she was. And the book is available now, so how can people get hold of a copy of it? Oh, yeah, I, I haven't really... Um, uh, it's not available in all good bookshops. <laughs> um, it's, but I've been just doing it on Facebook so far. People can buy it online from the publishers, but I'm trying to corner the Manx market. And so um, I uh, I haven't thought about putting it out to anybody at bookshops yet, but I'm on Facebook. People can contact me there. Um, but yeah, that's where it is. Ustura, actually, just out of interest for poetic geeks, the the form of this poem comes from a Ben Johnson poem. I stole the idea from Ben Johnson, but he hasn't minded so far. So, Ustura. For whiskey, we say Ustura. Not quite what the others say, but very like. Our tongue there has a kin enough to drink and get acquainted in, not minding P's and Q's and other such ado's. A little local language ours, with little local names for flowers and birds and seasons, hills and willow trees, loons a small imperfect swarm of bees. I had an original ending to that, actually. I, I used to say, because loon is the Manx people, mm. and I, I was at one point going, buzz, buzz, that's us. But yeah. I kind of cut that. Good my morning. Shade of aim. David Callan, whose poetry collection, always, is available and it's only £5 and you can contact David to get a copy through Facebook. Sian re crine, sian re vale crine na din, sian nach instau na vami, och instau na tami. As for the Welshian Corvai, Benton Rishenacht as in Kown in Mios, Gin Jummel in Eben as in Dre, Er Riddenach Morve, Er Nordwell Cochleer Jitana, as the state no er jit the way on. Och er Chauelia skilled, Shartanselai Grade and a Scanchoile, Corgailed and stayed Vacushen Roshnish, as er Lie Tre was stayed Ulken Yahon. The well cared on Ginzacher, the Hosha stayed shens a trere hit reish. Ach madurt Oscar Wilde, to keel chonit and enum to dania cor air na marinus knock. A clash in the well keel chonit eg peer enyachelia er nodder ow marinus eg as a hush, well shen the fear corlicher dingen ginjino and red headen shen. As na yai shen as ulyu, smile as imadi sly clashen machon cushion morvad uns na shan len, rosh marau sho er na liegel, rosh marau shen er na chrogel, as er lie senelian er liam clashen machon an ach verrit in gullon sho uns na shan len. In Clannagail on a Sunday evening here on Manx Radio, we quite often dip into poetry written about the island. Not necessarily for its value as poetry, but simply for its descriptions of places, particularly of places that no longer exist. James Middleton Sutherland's 1882 collection, entitled Douglas and Other Poems, includes one about the Douglas Iron Pier, with what I think is a wonderful piece of bathos, where Sutherland accidentally pricks his own balloon. Writing of the Douglas Iron Pier, he says, "'On summer eves musicians play.' The people here all love romancing, which makes them animated, gay. 
though here is not permitted dancing. Sutherland's work perhaps brings to mind the great McGonagall, though to be fair he's nowhere near as bad as that, but it's verse rather than poetry. At least in that case is about what was a notable feature of Douglas Bay from 1869 to 1892. And that contrast between past and present, which people find so interesting, brings us to the latest publication by Lochten Books. Here are writer Sarah Goodwins and photographer George Hobbs. And as it happens, Bishop Samuel Rutter gets another mention. It's a book about Peel, past and present. It's got it's very much a sister volume to our Port Erin book that we did the previous year. And it's a lot of old photographs which are actually postcards from the Ray Stanfield collection. He's got a marvellous collection of postcards. So he's loaned us the old postcards. And then George has gone out and matched the old views to um, take modern photographs as a, as a sort of a past and present and then I've put together some words with that to try and give a little bit of potted history of it's not intended to be a history of Peel it's, it's not by no means comprehensive but it does give hopefully some interesting history and then probably a bit of sort of gossip rumour and scandal as well hmm. Well you're steered obviously by Ray's collection of images that he has but there's a lot of research gone into it to find out all the details that are of the past and the present Well research is my thing that's that's what I do so I quite enjoy doing that I must admit looking through it sort of subsequently I sometimes think gosh did I do this because yes we, well, I had to dig but it's, it's there if you dig for it and the, the nice thing about writing captions for photographs is if you can't find out any information about one aspect of the photograph you might be able to find out something about something else so you've always got something to say in the captions and people have been very helpful particularly in this case the RNLI they were very helpful um, I, I wrote the captions and then I sent them to the RNLI and they said oh well that's not quite right and could you could you correct this and could you amend that they were very very helpful so I mean at least that bit's right. <laughs> Inevitably, with Peel as a subject, there's a lot of images of vessels of various sorts, and there's a lot of information about the history of those vessels that you've come across as well. Yes, that's, I, I get teased by Ray with this, because Ray knows an awful lot about boats, and I don't, so I have to look everything up. But that's quite useful, because if you're looking it up, and you're looking it up from, or asking people, sometimes it's a question of asking people, it's from people who are knowledgeable. I'm not relying on my own knowledge, which I know in the case of, of, of vessels and boats is very scanty. I'm, I'm going to people who do know what they're talking about, so it, it should be quite right. I did get one thing wrong, though. There's, um, there's a, a modern photograph of some, a catch being brought ashore, and I, I, I positively said it's Manx Queenies, and apparently it wasn't. It was something else. I think they said it was white bait, but it, it, wasn't, it wasn't Manx Queenies, but never mind. But everything else should be right. Matching the photographs, then, what sort of challenges were there for you in matching the images that Ray had produced? Well, some of the ones were very easy because you think, there's the castle, I'll go and take a picture from the same sort of location looking at the castle. I think the one that caused me the most difficulty was, again, one of the boats. One of the famous uh, vessels from Peel is the PL5. And I sort of drove up and I parked near the house of Manannan, parked the car, sort of in the car park there, and I set off and I walked all the way around the, the quays and the town and everything and I couldn't see it and I thought this is really frustrating I come back and I'm walking back past the house of Manhattan and I think it's the one that's in the car park on the trestles next to my car <laughs> oh what a silly boy <laughs> so 
Unfortunately, no, it was not in the water, but I'm very pleased to see that PL5 is under restoration and uh, progress is being made on it. Mm. But yes, some of them are more challenging than others. Some of the buildings obviously speak for themselves. The castle is fairly obvious, but some of the other buildings, to what extent did you find that there was a change or a similarity with them? Obviously, there are buildings which are gone. There are buildings which have evolved. Clearly, one of the most interesting ones are things like the churches and the cathedral. The cathedral, which in some of the old postcards has a nice tall spire and no longer has that. And again, the church in the middle of Peel is still got the end window and the tower, but the rest of it's disappeared. Again, it's difficult sometimes to tell, is that the same building or isn't it? You know, it's got new windows, it's been re-roofed, the chimneys have been removed, or TV aerials disappeared or appeared, and you think, actually, I think it is the same, but it's very different in appearance and other things are, well, just patches of ground nowadays or car parks. One of the things that I found very funny about the the past and present is that most of it is um, obviously George's work, but we were both surprised when he took a photograph of the inside of the ruined cathedral inside the castle because Bishop Samuel's tomb in the old photograph, obviously, in the modern photograph, but the modern photograph is not in the same place. It's moved by about four feet. Mm. So it, it's um, he, he's, he's the, the bishop that, that said that he was sharing his final house with his cousins, the Worms, oh. and they've, they've obviously been quite active because they've shifted him about four oh, feet. Bishop Sam Rutter. You published this book late last year, in fact. We've not had a chance to talk about it up till now, but you've launched it onto fairly uncertain waters, perhaps, at this time. (laughs) Yes. um, Like many small businesses on the island, because we have no visitors, businesses not good though we're much better than in the UK because at least we can sell to each other we can't in in the UK they're completely locked down and they're they're, they're completely stuck this one was um, we hoped it would be attractive for people buying it as Christmas presents and it did seem to work which was useful because as I say business for the the year had been fairly dreadful Um, we're we're struggling on as a lot of people are but it will be nice if things got a little bit easier should I say but no it it has been very successful it's been very popular so we're very pleased we are intending to do another one. We did Port Erin as I mentioned and we did Peel last year and this year we're intending to do Castletown but we're right at the very beginning it's going to be several months before it comes out. Mm. Well we should look forward to that one. Where will people be able to get hold of Peel past and present? Bookshops on the island have got it. Lexicon have got it. Bridge uh, Bookshop in Ramsey and in Port Erin have it. Uh, the book company was also in Douglas have it. Uh, House of Mananan, the, the, the uh, Manx um, National Heritage have taken it. And there are various gift shops that have it as well. In Peel, Peel itself doesn't have its own bookshop, but Mitchell newsagents take copies of it. And also Martin Bosher, who runs the second-hand bookshop, has taken some new copies to, to sell to people. So you can get it in Peel if you live in Peel. Good one, thank you very much. Thank you. Sarah Goodwins and George Hobbs of Lochton Books and their most recent publication, Peel, Past and Present. Available now at £13.95. And another book will be launched next Tuesday evening. It's the new novel by Dr Jennifer Cooley-Draskow. It's called Transportee. 
We'll hear all about that in the next edition of Shachley. But now from me, Bob Coswell, Lachnish Wampin, Robert Akarslach, Slan New. <laughs> <laughs>